Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, May the 28th, and we come off a Phillies victory in Miami. How about it? A a game that it just felt like they were going to lose. They won. uh, I I said with uh, two days ago, yesterday's show, reacting to the Wednesday night game that for some silly reason, I felt like they were going to win that game as it was happening, even though that's the type of game they always lose in Miami and always lose to the Marlins. It's just that type of game. And yesterday was that type of game too, and they found a way to win it. They get some big hits. They get some big base running from Ronald Wheels to Reyes. Reese Hoskins continues to come through when they need him the most right now. And the pitching came through. You know, a couple mistakes. Spencer Howard, we'll get into it, looked good for four innings, then kind of fell apart. Ranger Suarez comes in and was outstanding. Ranger Suarez really shown you something yesterday. And then the bullpen a little shaky. Phillies get it back, and then Hector closes down. Just a, a much-needed victory. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's crazy to say that coming out of Miami with a, a uh, four-game series split feels like a win. But it does, you know, we know uh, even after yesterday's win, 10 and 18 in their last 28 in Miami. So, you know, uh, excuse me, 10 and 18. Yeah, that's what I said, 10 and 18 in the last 28. Um, I thought I said 10 and 28. I was like, whoa, not quite that bad. It's been bad, but um, it's a big win. You know, when they needed, uh, they avoid falling three games below 500 for the first time this year, uh, back to a game under 500. Obviously, that is awesome to see as uh you know it felt like and look this last week and a half two weeks has been tough it's been you know ever since the the two and four homestand it's been tough and if they lose that game yesterday especially after having the lead yet again and blowing it and losing that game yesterday i mean we're feeling horrible today i mean we feel terrible about this baseball team today Obviously, especially with two nights ago, the way they lose that game, not only you know did I foolishly feel like it was a game they were going to win, but they gave it away, as we talked about a lot yesterday, and you know the, the defensive outs that this team gives up. Um, and again, it's been a killer. Jason Stark uh, with a tweet yesterday that literally blew my mind um, about the defense. Um, and again, yesterday, to be fair, they played really nice defense yesterday. Some big plays. Uh, Roman Quinn, a great play in left field. Uh, Raphael Marchand will get to a pick and pop that was just badass. Awesome to see. Um, but obviously, it's been an issue this season. Uh, Jason Stark tweeted out yesterday prior to the game that the Phillies, and this was prior to yesterday's game, but the Phillies have the worst, and again, you know, defensive metrics, all that stuff, but this obviously jives with the eye test. I was talking about the worst defensive Phillies team we've, all seen, we've ever seen, all that. But Jason Stark tweets out yesterday, the Phillies' defensive run saved 
uh, is last in Major League Baseball at minus 29. So minus 29 run saves. They've essentially allowed 29 runs they shouldn't have defensively um, through 50 games at that point. The next worst team in the National League, in the entire National League, is the Chicago Cubs, who are a minus one. The Phillies are a minus 29. The best teams, both in the division, the Mets and the Nats, are plus 32 for the Nationals and plus 30 for the Mets. That's almost 60 runs better for the Mets and over 60 runs better for the Nationals. Think about that. And this is a team that's one game under 500. League average defense, and they're probably a few games over. I mean, that is unbelievable. Truly stunning. It's a stunning stat that Jason Stark put out there. It is stunning in a bad way, obviously, but but a stunning stat nonetheless. And again, it totally jives with what we've seen with our eyes. <laughs> you know, Again, as I said yesterday, I'm not the only one calling it the worst defensive Phillies team they've ever seen. Jim Salisbury, who's covered the team forever, said it was the worst defensive Phillies team he's seen. It's just a horrible defensive team, and clearly the numbers back up what we're seeing. So obviously it's been frustrating, but again, yesterday, great defense. They find a way to win the game, and, and we'll, we'll, we're heading into late, uh, excuse me, Memorial Day weekend. You know, we're, we're, it starts to get real. June 1st coming up on Monday, Memorial Day. That is what I always say. It's when I start to take things seriously. Um, and even then, it's really July 1st from a, a statistical perspective when things really settle in and trends are real and all that. But um, I, I started to take it seriously this weekend on Monday, Memorial Day. So heading into Memorial Day, let's react to a win yesterday and then maybe focus on some of the positives what could go right moving forward because again and look i know it it's been frustrating uh, we have focused a lot on the negatives for good reason again when you hear a stat like that minus 29 in defensive run saves the next worst is minus one and the best is plus 32 in the national league i mean that's astoundingly bad and it justifies all the angst and and anger we've thrown their defense's way it is warranted it is backed up by the numbers it's real um, but look, and, and, and to be fair, I think a big part of it is, is with this defensive issue, it's similar to the bullpen last year, where it's just this type of thing that cripples you watching these games where with last year with the bullpen, as we've talked about so many times, it, it was so frustrating to watch because no lead was ever safe or ever felt safe. So you're up seven to two and you're like, well, you know, I can't wait to see how they blow it tonight or whatever. Like it just ruined, um, the the fun of the game because you're always on edge. You're never comfortable. You're never enjoying it because you're always just waiting for the hammer to drop. And the defense feels similarly. It's not quite that bad in the same way, but it's the idea of, look, when we watch baseball our whole lives, it's just you watch a game in there and look again, like we always say, and I've taught you know, many times that, that there are going to be errors, there are going to be mistakes, but for the most part, you're watching a baseball game, you see a ball hit a certain way, whether it's a fly or a grounder, you're like, that's an out, right? It's like, okay, that's an out. Oh, that could be a double play. Oh, that's a whatever. You can't take any of that for granted with this Phillies team. You can't see a ball hit and say, oh, that's a double play. You can't see a ball hit and say, oh, that's an easy out. Because it never is. And it hasn't been far too often. Again, minus 29 defensive run saves. Shows you. So I do think that that the frustration that we felt for this team and we've exhibited for this team is fair and justified because they have been a frustrating team to watch. But... There are positives to look at as well. And the fact that they're only one game under 500 is, you know, a, a, a positive. It's a positive and a negative because, as we just talked about, if it was just just the defense alone and they're, they're over 500, they're in better shape. 
Um, so that part of it's frustrating, but at the same time, with that horrible defense, with the injuries they suffered, all this stuff, they're still only a game under 500 and, and in it, in their division as of now, um, is is a positive, is something that you can you could feel good about. But again, um, you know, I think that it's been justified, the, the criticism of the team, and they still have a long way to go to make us feel good about them, but it was a nice win yesterday. Let's dive into yesterday and we'll look ahead at some some positives heading into Memorial Day weekend. Start off June, you know, start off the, after this weekend, uh, we'll be pretty close to a third of the way through the season, um, or excuse me, we are, uh, yeah, about to be, right? So it'd be like, what, 54 games is, is there, so we are at 51, so they have two games this weekend by Monday. Um, after Memorial Day, we will be exactly a third of the way through the season, so you know, it's real, and, uh, and, um, Let's let's try and head into those two thirds uh, with with some momentum and positivity. Yesterday, a big win again. It was really needed. And look, they found a way to win a game where they only had six hits. So in this series, their two wins, they score five runs and get eight hits in those two games. Like, I'll take it, man. I will take it for a team that plays bad defense and for the the lineup that they are running out there right now. I mean, yesterday's lineup, top to bottom was, you know, you could argue one of the worst lineups we'll see this year from the Phillies, and, and we've seen a few that are right there in the level, but, but you know, it's it's not a winning lineup. You know, it looks a lot le- more like the 2016, 2017 type of lineups we saw than, than the lineups we've seen the last few years. But starting lineup yesterday, Roman Quinn leading off, Brad Miller batting second, Hector, or excuse me, uh, um, Reese Hoskins batting third, Odubel Herrera batting fourth, Alec Bohm batting fifth, Matt Joyce, who's been a disaster batting six. Matt Joyce on the season after yesterday batting 077. Uh, Ronald Torres batting seventh. And I, I love Ronnie, but batting seventh. And then Raphael Marchand batting eighth. I mean, that is a horrendous offensive lineup. It is not a surprise they only scored three runs. It's a surprise they scored even three. You know, going up against Pablo Lopez, too, is an outstanding pitcher, and did pitch well against the, uh, the Phillies yesterday. Like, you know, he was certainly not the reason the Marlins lost. He goes seven innings, only gives up two earned runs, only the four hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Um, really nice job from Pablo, but it wasn't enough because the Phillies pitching was there, too. And um, we'll get to the offense, but the pitching yesterday. So, they, again, that offense, they roll out, they win a game with that. That's huge. That that's Anytime you win a, lo- a game with an offense like that, it's it's big. Spencer Howard was outstanding for four innings. Came in and looked like a completely looked like the guy we saw for two innings but for four in this outing in his first four innings goes four innings. Uh overall uh got into trouble in the fifth. So um came out for the fifth was only at 58 pitches and some only throwing eight pitches that inning. Uh, loads the bases. Um, so uh, at the the line at the end of the day doesn't look quite as good as it did prior but four innings, two hits three walks, one earned run, and four strikeouts. Um, but really, you know, heading into that inning, he had only allowed three base runners in four innings, no runs, and four strikeouts. So that's damn good. And um, after the start last time where he just, you know, didn't have anything left after two innings, it's nice to see him, I guess, not have anything left after four innings improvement. He certainly could see it for that. Came out in the fifth and just didn't have it. Was trying to muscle it in there. The the arm was cooked by that spot, so he's clearly not stretched out to a, a level where we need him to be. You know, 58 pitches coming out for that next inning, he's, he's cooked. That That's that's a problem, you know. Obviously, and again, they're stretching him out. We're moving forward. I'm not making long-term grandiose concerns, but it is a, a, a frustrating thing that they have so few high-level pitches in him right now. Uh, but ultimately, 
on the whole, you're you're happy, I think, with what you got from Sensor and he does flash that potential, that talent. I mean, when it's early and it's on, I mean, it's nasty. I mean, he's got stuff. There's no question about that. It's just, can he learn to go deeper into games to to really stretch that out? Luckily, Ranger Suarez, man, <laughs> he's been great since coming back. And Suarez, uh, like almost a perfect bridge, man, like, if Suarez can be this, um, what we've seen from him, uh, 0.7, excuse me, he's yet to give a run since returning. Um, he's been awesome. And uh, 37 pitches. He did give up a run technically yesterday, but it, it was a run charge dispenser. It comes in with the bases loaded, no outs, up to nothing. Gets out of it with only giving up one run. It was really impressive. It was really impressive. Keeps the lead there. Ends up going three innings, one hit, no earn, three strikeouts. Boom. So if you can get four and three from Suarez and Howard, if that can be a, a thing, and look, you're going to need Suarez in other places. He might not be you know, always lined up, and maybe Girardi can kind of try and line it up, but um, something interesting there. You know, Vinny can, and we've talked Vinny, in, and I'm not going to believe yet, but I mean, he's been good. If you can get Vinny and then Howard Suarez is like a tandem, that's interesting. It's something that looked good today. So Suarez comes in, basically saves the day, shuts it down. Phillies are up 2-0 uh, early on again. Reese Hoskins, man, what a beast. They have needed him, and he has been a monster with Harper out, with Romuto out, with Didi out. There's one guy, essentially. And Odubel's been good. Again, uh, yesterday, uh, another nice day, 2-4. for four. I had struggled in this Miami series, but a good day yesterday, 2-4. Um, for four. And Brad Miller's hit a little bit, obviously. Gene Segura was in the lineup yesterday over one a pinch hit spot, but he's still hitting. But ultimately, I mean, Reese Hoskins is the the one bopper. Really, the one guy you can truly count on in this lineup, especially obviously with Alec Bohm being so frustrating. One for four yesterday, did have a, a nice single that, that uh, moved a runner around, ended up leading to a sack fly. Um, but still only batting 213 on the season, a 317 slugging. Yikes, 249 OBP. He's still got that OPS under 600, which is just unbelievably bad. Now, look, we've talked about it. he's gotten unlucky. He's hitting balls hard to the wrong places, but... Um, you certainly can't count on him now, and, and Hoskins has been the only one you can count on, and, and came through again yesterday, big home run, the fourth inning solo shot, again, you remember on, on the um, Tuesday night win, the 2 nothing win, Reese Hoskins, the two-run shot, that was all the scoring they needed, um, comes through again, he's now batting 266 with a 341 OBP and a 505 slug, and if you remember where his numbers were at um, a few weeks ago even, particularly from the average and on-base percentage, I mean, we were talking earlier where we were like, wow, Reese Hoskins is still under 300 in OBP. 284 or whatever he was at. He's up to 330, uh, 331, excuse me, 341. Um, so it's really good. It's really good. He's up to 11 homers on the season, getting hot again. And again, it's it's so important because he's getting hot again when they need it. And they need it right now. So uh, get some lead. They get another run that inning on a Matt Joyce sack fly, scoring a double. Um, and then uh, uh, give up a run the fifth when Howard kind of falls apart, base is loaded. Uh, Suarez comes in. Then we get to the eighth, and man, Alvarado um, goes an inning, gives up three walks, one in, only one run. Lucky to only be one in, one run, to be honest. Lucky got out of it. Um, but they do tie it up at 2-2 on an RBI single to right field. Frustrating. Um, Alvarado is really hit or miss. You know, he's really can be great and can be horrible. He doesn't have getting the wings. The Phillies score in the bottom. The Phillies Big time run. Uh, Herrera triples to start off the inning. An easy triple. Like, you know, it was a close play there, but not that close. Like, he was right to go for it, had it. Uh, runner on third, no outs. And you're like, come on, man. You can't do this. Uh, Boom strikes out. Um, 
Matt Joyce uh, gets on base, first and third. Uh, Ronald Torres at the plate, one out. Torres hits a grounder back to the pitcher, who, Yimmy Garcia, who inexplicably, similar to the Jose Alvarado play in, in Atlanta, actually, funny enough, except, uh, you know, actually was able to get the ball to second base and, and try for a double play, but um, instead of getting the out at home or even looking the guy back and getting the clean out at first and having second and third two outs, um, decides to go for the double play. And, and look, it was close. It was the wrong decision. You have to stop that run from scoring no matter what. Um, but goes for the double play and wheels. Ronnie wheels to right his beats out the throw. Uh, just awesome, awesome stuff. Really needed it again. I, I, the Marlins made too bad. I mean, another error yesterday where it was like a grounder and you're just like, no way that you know, went right by him. So like, it was nice to see the uh, the Marlins do some Phillies stuff to that Phillies, you know, instead of the other way around. And it helped them win yesterday. And then the Phillies, Hector Neris comes in, gives up a leadoff walk. Everyone's scared. Then strike out, double play, game over. Hector the protector, who by the way has a one point nine ERA, a one point nine nine ERA for all the angst everyone has with Hector. He's been really good consistently but again just a, a big win a needed win a really nice win for this Phillies team yesterday and and here's let, let's slant towards the positivity here because we're heading into the weekend uh road trip continues day off today much needed coming off the win yesterday get a day get back at it tomorrow and Sunday against Tampa in Tampa obviously those are two tough games the Rays of course one of the best teams in baseball yet again because all they do is win games year after year after year after year so that's a tough two, and then you go to Cincinnati, who's been crushing the ball. Not the best team, but they've been hitting well. Um, so a, a needed off day, but um, as we head into this stretch here, and we'll look at the schedule coming up, but again, there are – we've been, I've been very negative about the Phillies, and rightfully so, again, for all the reasons we talked about before, but there are ways that you can look at it from a glass-half-full perspective. And obviously one of the ways we talk about all the time is what we saw yesterday, the idea of, hey, just catch the balls that are hit to you. You, know, you don't have to make the great defensive plays because we know you're not going to, but just don't mess up all the routine ones. And we see that yesterday, and even a couple nice ones can be thrown in. The Roman Quinn play, the Raphael Marchand play. And by the way, Raphael Marchand, whew, that dude's a hell of a catcher. A outstanding defensive catcher like JT-ish felt like. I mean, that pick and pop, get the guy out at first, was like super duper 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 impressive. And picking the like 100 mile per sinker out of the ground, like just like doing all this like really backhand impressive stuff, really impressive defensively. But um, if they can just not be the worst defensive team we've ever seen, which again, they can, they are not talented, but it's not the, the lack of talent that is the worst stuff. It's the routine stuff. It's the boneheaded stuff. It's the knowing where to go with the baseball when you get it, all those simple things. So that that's one, right? That's one. That can improve, conceivably. That's not crazy to think they could be better at that, right? It's not. And then the obvious one, Harper, JT, Didi. I mean, think about, and not just these IL stints now, but with the games in and out, Harper from the face on, like all this stuff, like how much time we've gone this season without these guys. Whether it's nagging injuries and missing a couple games like Didi earlier and then finally put on the IL. JT, same thing. Harper, same thing. These are the two best hitters on the team flat out, unless you want to say, like, Reese is better than JT. Two best hitters on the flat out, on the team flat out, and then the fourth or fifth best hitter on the team, you know, right there, up there. And also, again, yes, of course, you're, you're a starting catcher, you're starting right fielder, you're starting third base, or shortstop, like important positions. Getting these guys back, having them healthy and able to contribute can change the entire complexion of this team, obviously. Again, 
We were optimistic about this team coming into the season as much because of their offense as anything by far. And we have not seen the offense be able to put it together at all. And look, they're, uh, they struggled at times, a lot of times with those guys here. And the thing, the, the issues with runners on base is unbelievable. And, you know, you need to be able to grind out at bats and all that. But, but these guys coming back will matter. It will help. Like, it will make this team better. And again, they're only one game under 500. They won a game yesterday with a, a, a JV-type lineup, or what it felt like. Getting these guys back is going to be massive. They're in it. And then, of course, you know, like, the two other guys we talk about all the time, like, first of all, Joe Girardi, like, again, look, I don't know how much can be, how much he could do. Again, we always talk about how much does a manager do and all that stuff, how much these matter, but he can certainly be better, you know, and I think he will be better. He's been really bad from an in-game tactical perspective, and then, you know, obviously the other stuff that we always talk about with the ready-to-play and all that, and, and that's on the players a lot too, but more from Girardi, but, but look, Aaron Nola will be better. I feel so incredibly confident about that, and he was solid in that last start. Six innings, one run. It wasn't the best ever, but that's a, a solid outing. Nola will get there. He always does. He struggled a couple years ago to start the season. Everyone freaked out. He was he was great after that. Like, and yes, look, with Aaron Nola, this does not say we still need to see him in September lockdown games they need to win. Obviously, we know that. But Nola will be better than he is right now. He'll be fine. So that's something that'll make him better. And Wheeler and Eflin, count on those guys. And the Vinny thing, again, you know I'm not gonna say I'm in, but I'm hopeful there's there is <laughs> He does look different when he pitches. There's no arguing that. And then this Spencer Suarez thing. Who knows? Maybe that's something. And then, of course, we just talked about him, but Alec Bohm. Like, Bohm was one of, if not the best hitter on the team last year. I felt so confident in him coming in. It felt like this guy's just a hitting savant. And he is, as almost every young player in the history of the game, Maybe everyone, at one point or another, goes through some sort of issue, some sort of slump, some sort of downturn. Trout, when he first came up, and then never again. He's the anomaly. But, you know, Bohm hasn't struggled at the major league level until now, and he's got to learn to deal with that. He needs help. He needs to get through this because he is super talented as a hitter, and for his career, I'm not worried at all. Like, he's going to be fine. It's Kenny turning around this year. And that, and again, he is getting unlucky. All he needs is a streak. He just needs to get going. Some of these balls to find some holes and he's going to get some confidence back. This game is so much about confidence. We talk about that all the time. And he's not confident right now. He's, he's struggling. He's pressing. If Bohm can put it together, that's the X factor for this lineup. Because Didi, JT, Harper, they come back, this lineup's better. And they can be themselves. And obviously, you know, you worry about the phase of Bryce and getting back and all that stuff. But if they can get back and, and be good... Alec Bohm's the thing that can make this lineup great again. And I believe he can do it. I can't say for sure he will do it. But if he can get it going, all of a sudden, things can start to turn a little bit. There can be some positive momentum. They can win some games with Nola, Wheeler, Eflin taking the hill and, and start to score some runs for these guys. Like, So there is a world. Again, they are a flawed roster. They are not a, a juggernaut. We're not talking World Series right now, but is there a world where they can put some things together, like play tighter, better defense, like get some guys back who will add to the lineup, like guys who have struggled offensively, turn it around, like pitchers who struggled a bit, turn it around? These are things that can happen. So there is a reason to be positive about this team heading into June, but it's make or break time. Like, they need these guys back. They need to start doing these things, and they need to start putting it all together because 
we're starting to head towards the dog days. We're starting to head towards July and August when seasons are made or broken. Will they have a chance in September at all? It's going to be decided the next couple months. And, you know, now's the time to start to put these things together and start to correct the mistakes that you've had. Again, they're lucky. They're only one game under 500 and they're still in it. That is, you know, unexpected for all the issues we've seen. So, so take advantage. All right, big series this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, uh, off day day, then two one ten games. Wheeler and Eflin going, which is great because you're facing the Rays against Michael Walk and Ryan Yarbrough. You actually have the pitching advantage in both. I mean, both Eflin and Wheeler are better than those guys, but... You know, that doesn't always play out the way you want it to, but you feel good. Then you go into Cincinnati, who's been awesome again, offensively. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, with uh, Velasquez, Nola Howard. That's a little tougher, but against that offense, but we'll see. And then you come home. You got a nice little homestand. Three versus Washington, three versus Atlanta, uh, two versus New York. Now, again, that's not easy. Tough teams, but you're home before going out west for a little trip and then back and then gone and... You know, we'll get the schedule more as we get into June, but um, it starts this weekend against the Rays. Big, big series against a great team. Can they find a way to take one of these two and then head to Cincinnati and maybe start a little run? We need it. Let's go, Phils. We need it. Big pitching this weekend. Let's take some games. Let's steal some from the Rays and start to feel some momentum heading into June. Either way, we'll be back after the weekend to talk about it also. Until then, uh, have a wonderful, happy Memorial Day, and uh, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.